Welcome to Annaswick Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Viv Liebersight, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hello, everybody. Good morning all the way down the back, all over to my right, to the left, to the middle. Hi, how are you all? Amazing to be here with you, such a privilege. As Jared said, my name is Viv or Vivian, whatever you can call me, but it's just lovely to be back in Saxton. We were here last week, which was nice, but it's a privilege to bring the Word this morning. And I'm excited about foundations. Oh my goodness, how important. Now we know girls, we're not talking about foundations, right? We're talking about foundations. And oh my goodness, how important it is that we have whatever we build in life, the foundations have to be so firm. They, like when you build a house, right? More money and more time goes into the foundations because you know that if it's a rubbish foundation, that house is just not gonna last. It totally isn't. So um, this is a really important thing. And I really think, I wanted to start off with a question. And I've got the musicians here with me because I might pick on some of them because they're nice and handy. But um, by the way, welcome to everyone who's watching online. Love you heaps, thanks. Oh no, you're there. I'm looking up there, but you're there. Wrong camera. <laughs> that's not a camera, that's a, I don't know what that is. So anyway, that's a spotlight, oh, stop. Anyway, so good that you're with us. Enjoy, enjoy. And uh, it's amazing, we're having an incredible morning here. The Prince of God is a beautiful thing. And I really believe in that God touched so many lives before. So as we start, this whole foundational message, I've got some questions. Because I believe that we need the why. Our foundations need the why. We need to know the why. And so I'm gonna ask you a question, all of you. You're not all gonna answer it, and I was gonna answer it out loud. There's gonna be no shouting, okay, because that's weird. So um, it's just a, a, I want you to think about it. This question, I'm not, and I'm just going to leading up to it. I'm going to build up to it a little bit. Can you feel me building up? Because I don't want to let it out of the bag yet. I just want you to get ready. It's not up there, is it? Oh, no, it's not. Phew. Okay, good one, Melissa. Um, so, okay, when I say this question, I want the first thing to come into your mind to be the answer. Okay, it's quite a big question. If you're a follower of Jesus... You need to know the answer to this. If you're new to the journey or you're, you don't even know what I'm talking about being a follower of Jesus, this answer is gonna help you, my friend. I actually will, because I'm gonna ask some people and their answers are gonna help you today. So here's the question, you ready? Does everyone get on the, you know, like just come on, just get your, get your minds on. This is for you. It's gonna be such a great question for you. We were asked this a few weeks ago in staff and it, was, it just really resonated with me and I keep asking myself on a daily basis. Here we go, here's the question. I'm gonna count it down. One, two, three. Why do you follow Jesus? There it is. Why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? The answer to this question is so important because it's the why. Why do you follow Jesus? Not your parents, not your grandparents, not your spouse, not your children, not your friends, not your pastors. 
You don't follow Jesus because of my why. You follow Jesus because of your why, but you've got to know why. You get it? This is a very foundational question. Why do you follow Jesus? So I'm going to just wander over here because there's some incredible people on this stage. We have Ashley Gaskell on the bass. He's a pretty amazing bass guitarist. He's always like, like, you know, slapping the bass. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ashley Gaskell, bass player. Oh, you're stopping. You can't do two. Oh, yeah, Cookle, you're a man. Anyway, here we go. No, you just focus. Why do you follow Jesus? Here we go. Uh, because I've tried to live life without Him early days, and uh, it sucks. So um, it failed in every sort of way possible. And so obviously without Him, I realised uh, life's hopeless. Fantastic question. That is going to really hold you fast, right? Because when other things start to creep in, you go back to that answer. And that's your why. You got it? I'm going to wander over here. Oh, should we pick on the other brother? The other brother. Not from another mother though. Here we go. Jamie, why do you follow Jesus? Um, because He is the truth and the way and the life. Beautiful. He's the truth, the way and the life. So you see, both those answers are so deep because when things get a little bit vague, He's the truth, right? He's the way. When you lose your way a little bit, like back to Jesus, He's the way. He's the way. I was going to come down here. Who's getting nervous right now? Who's getting nervous? I'm just going to ask somebody else. Oh, look at you freaking out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Aaron, Aaron, I want to ask you, because this is, this is not a test. It's not a test. There is no right or wrong answer. Your answer is the right answer because it's your answer. Aaron, tell me, why do you follow Jesus? He's the King of Kings. All right, He's the King of Kings. I love it. Beautiful. Tim, why do you follow Jesus, barista? Uh, yeah, similar to Ashley, actually, because um, when I tried to do life my own way, it failed miserably. And uh, I figured I needed God to, uh, you know, do it right. Awesome, awesome. I love that. Another, you know, you know fail, fail. Sarah. Hello. Another, you know, without Jesus, you fail. Here we go. Sarah. Um, I follow Jesus because He's my rock and He brings me joy. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's enough nervous stuff going on here. I'm going to get back up here. I asked this question a few weeks ago in the city and this little girl, I think she's about five, Emmeline, she put up her hand and kids are beautiful, right? They don't go like this. She just went like that. It's a little, and I saw her and I said, sweetheart, why do you follow Jesus? And she said, because He bees nice. He bees nice. He bees nice. I want you to know right now, He bees nice. He bees nice. He is kind. He is good. Why do you follow Jesus? You know what? There's someone in the room and you actually think that God is an angry God. You actually think He's mad at you. That's actually a foundational wrong thing. It's not a truth. Because the truth is that He loves you. He sees you. He knows you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you've failed. He still loves you. He's a kind and gracious God. 
and He is who He says He is. The I am. How awesome is that? So that's the, the first question. Why do you follow Jesus? Have you got it locked in your heart? Do you know why I follow Him? Because He saved me. It just keeps coming back to that. He saved me. There's no one else who has saved me. He is the rescuer. He saved me back then and He's saving me today, still this day. There's none other that's laid down His life for me than Jesus. He saved me. He saved me. I asked another girl this question during the week and she said straight away because he, he filled the void. He filled the void and nothing else, no one else completes me. No one else completes me. Have you got your answer, my friends? Have you got it? Hold on to it. Why do you follow Jesus? It's foundational. That will hold you firm when the storms come, when the chaos, we've sung about it. When the chaos comes, you'll come back to that question. Why do I follow Jesus? And that will keep you firmly planted in Him. Jesus loved asking questions as well. And this morning I um, was reading the Word and these questions came up. And the first one is in Matthew 16. And, and Jesus is with His um, disciples and they're traipsing around. And um, in Matthew 16, verse 13 to 16, it says this. When Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? So he's asking about what people say who he is. They replied, some think he is John the baptizer, some say Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He pressed them and he said, how about you? Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? That is a beautiful question. That's another foundational question. Who do you say Jesus is? Some already said it, King of Kings. He's the rock. Simon Peter answered, he said this, you're the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Straight up like that, with no hesitation. Peter, who do you say I am? Simon Peter, who do you say I am? You're the Christ the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Who do you say Jesus is? The Messiah, King of Kings. Who is He to you? Your friend, your Saviour, your King, the pearl of great price, the lily of the valley, your everything, your best friend. Who do you say? This is foundational. You've got to answer this, my friends. If you say you're a follower of Jesus and we're in the middle of this beautiful series, following Jesus, being disciples, you got to know who Jesus is for yourself. What happens after that and that, and that awesome story is Jesus goes, okay, yeah, you've got it. You know who I am. Now let me tell you who you are. Oh, when I read that this morning, I thought, oh, Lord, you are amazing how you just preach. He's the best preacher on the planet. He really is. He always has been, always will be. Because when you know who he is, then you discover who you are. And that's foundational. Because when things get a bit rocky and chaos hits your world, you can stand on not just the rock, who's Jesus, but also who you are in Him. So you can be assured that He loves you. 
You can be assured of your name. You can be assured that He has called you. You can be assured that He hasn't forgotten you. These are big things, huge things. So Jesus says, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. What an amazing word. Who do you say Jesus is? Because when you can say who he is, then he can tell you who you are. And you need to know who you are, my friends, each and every one of you. You're his sons and you're his daughters. You're his beloveds. He loves you so, so much. Who are you? And what comes next from who are you is then how does God use you? And we see what how God used Peter, he fed his lambs, he fed his sheep after he was restored. Amazing. There's another question, which is so cool. It's actually the verse for the day on the, um, that little Vision app, if anyone reads that. And I uh, read it this morning, John 11, 25 to 26. <clears throat> and he's talking to Martha. So what's happened is Lazarus, Martha and Mary's brother, sadly had passed away. And um, they were distraught by this because, of course, Jesus, he hadn't come when they thought he had come. So they get word that Jesus is coming and Martha goes to see him. But Mary's not a happy girl, so she stays at home. You know. Anyway, so another story. So it reads like this. This is Jesus talking to Martha. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Here's the question. Do you believe this? So we talked about Resurrection Sunday. We had Resurrection Sunday last week, and we talked about it again today. And Jesus is laying it down here. He's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? You see, my friends, that is a foundational teaching. That when you put your trust in Jesus, when you ask him into your heart and he becomes your Lord and Saviour, and you can answer that, why do you follow Jesus? And you can answer the question, who is he? Then... You can answer the question, do I believe this? Which is eternal life. That is life after death. That when, we, when these bodies fail us, we actually, when we are faith in Jesus, we go on to live, 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 live. Do you get that? Anyone a little bit excited about that today? <laughs> it's good news. But these are foundational thoughts. Do you believe it? follower of Jesus, if you've been following him for years, do you actually believe it or do you fear death still? Because the word says that there is no sting in death. Where, oh, death is your sting. For the follower of Jesus, there is no fear in death. There actually isn't. Do you believe this? Have you got it? So if you're wrestling with these questions and you kind of go, oh, I don't really know, that's okay. That's all right. Because we're on a journey together. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like dumb. Definitely don't feel like that. It just means that you actually have to 
wrestle with the question to get the answer a little bit and start going on a journey. Maybe you need to get, get someone beside you and go on that journey. If you cannot answer those questions, why do you follow Jesus? Who do you say he is? And do you believe in the resurrection life and eternal life? Because they are foundational thoughts and truths and facts to our Christian life, to our following Jesus. Yeah? You're with me. I think it's so important because um, we must know what we believe and why we believe. Why? Because otherwise we'll end up chasing other things which will distract us and sabotage the journey that we're on. This amazing journey of following Jesus, of being his disciples. We don't want to get distracted, but we are so easy distracted. Has anyone like um, gone on a little bit of a chase after something that, you know, ended up not, not, not being so great? I was reading a book um, a few weeks ago, um, a real true life story in this book, two little boys. Boys are just fun, aren't they? They're just adventurous. Come on, all the boys in the house get a little bit like, feel like, you know, adventurous right now. And these two little boys were creative thinkers. So we know that boys are creative thinkers. Um, in other words, they're up, always up to mischief, genuinely. And so these two little boys decided that they would play this amazing game. And they love fishing. Who loves fishing? Oh, I do. Yeah, it's great. Um, anyway, they got a fishing rod. And they got the line attached to it with a hook or whatever. And they attached to this, you might know, this is a real story. They attached to the line a fake $20 note, probably a Monopoly one. And they attached it and they went to a busy intersection with a stop sign thing. And um, on the verge, there was a grass verge and they put the $10 note there and they kind of, and they hid themselves in the bushes so they could see the, the $20 note, $20 note. And every time someone would stop at the stop sign, they would just reel it a little bit. And so it looked like the wind was picking it up and just, you know, and a few people looked and went, oh, 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 and then, you know, off they went. And so they kept doing this. They're just like, literally, I won't say it, but, you know, they were laughing and um, a lot. And they just thought this was the funniest thing that they could ever be doing, you know, filling in their day, probably on holidays, just reeling this little wee $20 note. And then they'd go back, you know, when there was a gap and put it back again. And, them, and people just think the wind was picking it up. So anyway, this person rolls up in their beautiful car and quite a well-dressed person and um, said person looks over and sees a $20 note and immediately puts the brake on, out, this is a stop sign, gets out and dashes to grab the $20 note really, really quick. The boys are like, oh, we've got a fish. We've got one, we've got one, we've got one. Reel it in, reel it in. And so they start reeling this, reeling in the line. Like, I wish I had one right now, Rod. It would be good, wouldn't it, to actually do this? But anyway, that's what I think for me. And they're reeling it in, reeling it in, reeling it in. And he's just like, he's just like running. He's running, he's running. He's chasing, he's chasing. He's like, you know, and they'd stop a little bit and then he'd go like this and oh my gosh, it was going on and on and on until suddenly he's right there and he meets up with these two little boys, adventurous, creative thinkers is what they are. And he was so angry when he realises that he's totally been fooled. He's been duped. He's like being suckered in to this fake $20 bill. Oh my goodness. 
He ran towards it, but it was a nothing. You know, we can all chase after things that seem good and valuable, but end up having no value or a complete waste of time. We end up disappointed and discouraged. We can. Unless we know, unless we have our foundations firm, we can end up being distracted. We can end up going on the race of our lives in the wrong direction. Because we are actually in a race. This is this life that we are. It's not a race against each other. It's actually our own race, our own lane. And, uh, you know, we could be chasing after all sorts of things. A relationship which isn't healthy, significance, popularity, fame, image, whatever, whatever. The list goes on. My question is, what are you chasing after today? What are you chasing after? Have you been distracted? Are you distracted by the fake stuff? Because foundations is all about real and truth. What is true and what is real and what do you believe? Oh man, I just think this journey that we're on is a journey of eliminating the things that slow us down, trip us up and stop us from staying connected, firmly connected to Him, our rock. It's a journey over time of surrender, as Jared preached about a couple of weeks ago, and getting to know Jesus deeper and being more like Him. Moving from proximity to intimacy. It's what I call the sacred chase or the eternal race. I just love all these terms. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had our vision video. Who remembers it? We had that panel thing or sitting around. It wasn't a panel. It was a conversation around a table. And uh, if you didn't see that, just you can see it online. It was really where we shared our vision for this year. And it was quite a cool moment because the questions that were asked, just so you know, were just asked just prior to that recording, that video. We didn't have time to think about it. It was just like quick, quick, quick. And, um, and I found coming out of my mouth these words. Can anyone remember them? There were three words and they all rhyme. There were three words. And it's kind of like they accidentally rolled out of my mouth. They all rhyme. Can anyone, does anyone remember? This is not a really a test, but it is. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Three words. Sift, shift, and lift. And I kind of like, that's a bit cheesy, really, at the time. And then I, as a, after that, I thought, oh, I need to unpack that. What does it actually mean? What actually is in my heart to speak that out? So today, these are my thoughts about that. And I just think it's really foundational because God has got all of us on this process. And whether you are new to the journey or haven't started yet, or you've been on the journey for a long, long time, this process just continues and continues and continues if you allow it. It's called the shift, sift, shift, lift process. You don't want to start too fast. You could fall over it. So it could get tricky. When I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about, man, this is this race that we're in. We're running, rah, rah. The scripture that came to my mind was Hebrews 12. This is our main scripture for today. And I love it because it's um, titled up Discipline in a Long Distance Race. And as I said, we are in this race. And prior to Hebrews 12 is the amazing faith chapter, the Hebrews 11. And it talks about the heroes of faith, which we have sung about today. The heroes of faith who are cheering us on. And they have gone before us. So amazing chapter, Hebrews 11. And then right into Hebrews 12, here it goes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all the heroes of faith, 
who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, of which they did, and man, did they go through some, through some stuff. Just read Hebrews 11, haven't got time to go there. Stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set for us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who, for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority and the completion of his work. That scripture is so foundational. It is incredible. So the three words, sift, first of all, sift, shift, lift. The first one is sift. And um, there it is, stripping off un, every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. So I could see it really clearly. Okay, you're sifting us, God, you sift us. And so I, I looked up the word sift and it means to separate or remove lumps and the coarse parts. Okay, so thinking of baking, any bakers in the house? I am not one. There are a few. Jared, awesome. And I remember, I remember back in the day when I was growing up, my mum had a sifter, a sieve. Not a sifter. It's a sieve. What am I saying? And it was like you did this. It was like a barrel thing. And you turned the handle and the flour sifted through and it came out perfect with no lumps. Because you know that if you actually bake, and you've got flour that has lumps in it or coarse parts, it's really going to be yuck, right? Who likes biting into something, you know, a cake or some bread, and you, you know, there's something hard or there's some flour in there and it all kind of goes dry in your mouth? So the flour is sifted so that there's no imperfections. Awesome, awesome. So keep with me. There's another meaning for sift. It means to go through something very carefully in order to find something useful or valuable. Okay, we sift through something. Got to find that valuable thing, that treasure. So a little bit of a play on this meaning. It means to go through something. When you go through things, my friends, you find what's really underneath. You find really what your foundations are made of. You find the valuable things. Or not? That's a good question. So as a disciple of Jesus, we absolutely have seasons where the unhelpful parts of us are sifted and removed. It's a normal and vital part of our journey of being a follower of Jesus and becoming more like Him. And to win our race, which is your race, we're not competing against each other. We need to allow this to happen. Like I said, if you're just starting or you've been with Jesus a long time, there's things that still come up, right? There could be anything like uh, wrong attitudes, wrong thinking, wrong actions, things that oppose God, which we would call simply sin. So sin is rebellion against God, be it in words, deeds, or desires. We don't talk a lot about sin, but basically it destroys a relationship between us and God and also has disastrous consequences for people's relationships. So what we know about sin is that all humans, all of us, have been contaminated by 
Adam and Eve's sin. So just a little bit of background. Again, this is foundational. Adam and Eve were the first humans who fell into sin, but they were not the only ones. All of their descendants, that's us, have inherited their sinful hearts, which means that all humans are sinful from birth. Sin is like a contagious disease that has infected all of humanity. It's a saddening truth. We don't talk about it much, but as followers of Jesus, we actually need to talk about it. And we actually need to face it because the reality is that we all sin. We all miss the mark. We all fall short of God's best. There's a good reason why the Bible repeatedly stresses that there is none who does good, not even one. This is not to bring you down today or make you feel bad, but to make you aware of the seriousness of our condition, our human condition. And only when you realise that you are a sinner and therefore deserve punishment will you understand that you need salvation. That's the truth. And that's what God offers us. He's offering it to us today. Whether again you've been here for the first, you're here for the first time or been here forever, He's offering you salvation today. He designed a plan to save people from sin and its consequences. God the Son has become human to bear the punishment of sin in our place. So just as sin entered, here it is, here's a foundational truth. Just as sin entered the world by one man, salvation has come through one man, Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of, and what we believe and adhere to. And this is what makes us disciples. Do you believe it? So maybe we have an anger problem, a gossip habit, lying, stealing, an unhealthy addiction, greed, envy of what others have. Sin is sin. On our journey of discipleship, becoming aware of these things and letting God sift them out is part of this journey. It's so, so important. It's also when we go through hard times, which I talked about, we actually are sifted so that the valuable things in our lives come out and we are faced with the reality of our faith. So for me, any time I face difficult trials, and for those of you who know, we are facing a very difficult trial and have been for the last nine months still out of a house, won't labour on it, but I feel personally that I've been sifted again. And I'm faced with these questions, sometimes on a daily basis. Do I really trust God? Okay, now you might be going through a chaos and we sung about it. We, we, we can go through chaos and trials and troubles. And these are the questions. These are the sifting questions. Do I really trust God? Do I truly believe that God loves me? What if everything is taken away from me? What is left? What really truly matters in life? These are the big sifting questions. Can you hear it? Sifting, going through the sieve. So much fun. It's lovely. Where does my inner joy come from? Man, when we're challenged with these questions, I believe the sifting is happening. And when you can come out and say, yeah, you know what? (laughs) My God does love me. I don't understand it all. I can't see the way out, but I know He loves me. I know He will never leave me or forsake me. I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I know who my God is because I know who He is and I know who I am in Him. Back to those first questions. And I know why I follow Him because He saves me and He will rescue me. 
however which way it works out, it will be a rescue because he is my saviour. Amen. Come on, Ben, come and join me because like, we need to round this up. So we go from the sift. But I tell you what, when you have a sift, you need to have a shift. And the shift is awesome. And that's in the scripture. It says, looking away from all that will distract. So in my season, I have to get my eyes off of the stuff that is just always on me. It's really interesting. We've been house sitting and we're right beside our place. And it's really hard to not to be looking at all the destruction. I'm going, God, this is bittersweet. It's nice to be close, but we have to look at it all the time. What the heck? And he says, yeah, I'm just sifting. Just sifting you, honey. Just let me sift you. Okay, that's awesome. And so with a shift, there just needs to be an absolute, I reckon, brokenness. And repentance comes in the shift. It's our choice. Repentance, it comes from a word, Greek word, metanoia, which means a change of mind, change of heart. And you know, God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to stay stuck. He wants us to shift, make a shift of attitude. If you keep falling into the same traps repeatedly, you need to talk to someone. Own the fact that you have an anger problem, a gossip habit, a lying habit, a stealing habit, whatever. If you've done some things wrong, your freedom will come when you ask for help. I know this to be true. I regularly share with how I'm doing with a trusted counsellor. Being honest with how I'm doing is the best thing I can do. Faking it causes blow-ups and blow-outs. And I want to say this, that we're living in a society which is a very blessed society with many opportunities. We have all the technology that we can have. Great futures ahead. But man, it's the most broken society in in ever time in history. There desperately needs to be a shift from the things that are entangling us and our society and then a lifting up, a lifting up because after the shift comes a lift. And in that scripture, Hebrews 12, it says this, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how He did it because He never lost sight of where He was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. How about you? Can you put up with anything along the way in your race while you're running? Can you just, can you put up with anything along the way? I'll tell you how you do it. You keep your eyes on Him. You keep your eyes, you let Him sift you. You let the, the stuff come out. Yeah, be aware of it. Let's be aware of the sin that entangles us and let, let it go. Get out from under that stuff. Get the help if you need it. Come on. Come on, follower of Jesus. Follow of Jesus, you've been following Him for years and you still have the habit. You still have the addiction. Jesus loves you too much to let you stay in that. But He will not boss you into that. He's a gentleman. I'm just here to say it's your choice. It's your choice to let Him sift you and to let those, those maybe the coarse parts, the lumps, the sin, the whatever, the wrong attitudes to be sifted and for you to make the shift with His help. Every true move of the Holy Spirit in history, wherever there has been a move, there's been a shift and a fresh focus on Jesus. And that's what I believe we're right in now. I I think you would agree with me that we need a move of God like never before. Our society needs a move like never before. So follower of Jesus, we need to be repentant. 
We need to be those who are not distracted, but we're running our race. We've got our eyes firmly fixed on Him. No matter what happens, we must make a shift from our self-centeredness and self-absorbed existence to understand that the world revolves around Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and must do. May our focus be ever increasing, ever clearer on Jesus, the centre of the universe, the centre of our lives, so that we may see a shift and a lift in our lives and in our society. It starts with us, my friends. It starts with me. I need to let God sift me. I need to go through the sifting, the sieve, God's sieve, viv. Oh, I love rhyming things, it's such a thing. It's okay though, right? Because He's there. He never lets us go. It might feel icky and painful at times and big question marks. He just wants you to shift your focus so that you have a lift. When you lift your eyes on Him, everything lifts. Everything lasts. Everything. Everything. You know, salvation in Christ is like a door. Once you walk through that door, you'll discover how unsearchable the love and promises of God are for you. Even through the difficulties and the celebrations of life, pursuing God will never leave you disappointed. It is the greatest chase. It is the greatest chase. The pursuit of God will never leave you disappointed. The greatest value is in Him. He is your prize. He is your prize. So whether things are going great or you feel like you're stuck in a cycle, things constantly falling apart. Right now, with every head bowed in this place and eyes shut, I want you to think about you. And where are you at right now in this place? If everything's going well or everything isn't, now's your moment to decide to say yes to Him and no to the things that will distract you and pull you down and take you down rabbit holes and take you into dark places. It could be bad conversations. It could be the wrong relationships. It could be the habits. It could be what you watch on TV. It's time to say no, my friends, to the things that you know take your eyes off Jesus. What takes your eyes off Jesus? It could be reels, social media. I know we go on about that a bit, but it's actually a a thing, right? It is a deal. You know what distracts you. All of us know what distracts us. I know what distracts me from keeping my eyes fixed on Him. So it's time to say no. And it's time today, today, as we begin foundations again to say yes. Will you say yes, follower of Jesus? Will you say yes again to letting Him sift you, to letting Him shift you so that your eyes rise up and focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords it might be time for you to get back in the race. I just feel that there's ones here, you're just like, ah, I'm not even at the, I'm just right on the sideline. I've dropped out. <laughs> Jesus and the, the crowd of heroes of faith are saying, come on, jump back in. Just jump back in and start running. 
here we go. I'm with you. It's that easy. It's just you that stops you doing that. Or you might be wanting to begin. You're right on the blocks. And Jesus is going, come on. And the crowd are saying, come on. We're with you. We're with you. We're with you. Keep running. Keep your eyes on Him. Know who He is. Know who you are. And do you know what the, what the prize is? The prize is this. And it's the same for you and it's the same for me as this. Knowing the reality of Jesus in your life every day. Because we think the prize is way out the eternal life, which we talked about. Yes, great prize. But right now we've got to live in this world. Yeah. We're not of it, but we've got to live in it. And we've got to deal with the stuff. So knowing Jesus is with you and having that reality is your prize. And that's my prize. That's what keeps me going. So I want to finish by saying this. He sees you. He knows you. He has you. And He loves you. And that truth will keep you running your race well throughout your entire life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Today could be the first day that you start. And I want to invite everyone in this room to think about where you're at. And if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, today is the most perfect day for that, for you to be able to have your own answers to the questions. Why do I follow Jesus? Who do I say He is? And do I believe? So if every here, head bowed and eyes shut, I just want to give you the opportunity in this place. If you want to respond to Jesus and say yes to Him for the very first time, here's your opportunity as the invitation that I'm going to give. And here it is. I'm going to count it down on the count of three. If you want to say yes to Him for the first time, you just give me a wave. So one, two, three. If you're here within the sound of my voice, and you want to say yes to Him for the very first time, just give me a wave. And I'll just count it a privilege to pray for you because He loves you. And we want to give you this opportunity. We never want to miss it. For those of you here, and you feel far away from Him, very distant, and you might have been around a bit, and you want to get back, I want to pray for you too. So give me a wave if you want to be included in a prayer right now. If you want to get back in the race, If you feel like, man, I'm distant, I would love to pray for you in this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray. I just pray, God, for each and every one of us that as we have heard this word, God, that you would speak, that we would allow you to speak to us where we're at, each and every one of us, that we would allow the sift and the shift and the lift to happen. And that as a company of people, we would follow Him hard. We would follow You hard in Jesus' Name all the days of our life. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jared. Amen. Amen. Should we put our hands together for Pastor Vir this morning? We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.